0: As they come around to share or to give you the cup and the bread. And uh, let me just read for you this morning a scripture from the book of, <clears throat> the book of 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 11. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23. The Bible says that I received from the Lord what I also passed to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, whatever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whatever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a worthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. So I just want to encourage us this morning that communion is not just about us. Communion is about the brokenness is about the, the pain that Jesus went through for, on, be, on our behalf. So I'm to encourage you that as you share, as you eat this morning, as you drink the cup this morning, to remember the love that the Lord Jesus showed for you, the brokenness that he showed for us, the pain that he's carried for us as a Christian's. And I pray for those of us during this season that are going through hard time, that are having challenges. I pray that that love, that that brokenness that our Lord Jesus went through, it was not just in vain. It was for you and I. That the blood he shed on the cross, it was because of you and I. So, as you receive the cup and the bread, I want you to hold on that bread and the cup because I want us to pray together and share together the bread and the cup together. Has everyone been served? If you haven't, please raise up your hand so that the ashes can serve you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for the body, for your body that was broken for us. Lord, we thank you for the blood that was shed for us on the cross. Lord, I want to thank you for the ministry that you showed for us, O God. And today we thank you for the children that are serving us. We thank you even for Elisha, the work that she's doing with these young people. And today, as we share that love, as we share the brokenness, we want to commit this time to you, Father. Lord, I want to pray for these young people, they, as they go away for their Sunday service, as they go for their class this morning. Lord, may you bless them. May you guide them, Father. As we eat this bread, God, that may you continue to lead us and guide us, oh God. I pray especially for those that are feeling sick in their bodies. Lord, I pray for your healing in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. I pray for those that are feeling lonely, those that are feeling far away from you, Father. Lord, may you embrace them. Lord, may you bring your comfort around them, Father. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us eat together. and Let us drink together. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Alicia. You can pass the caps uh, across and, uh, yeah. I'll uh, ask the children to step out of their class. Thanks so much, children. Thank you. Uh, let me take this opportunity also to, to say thank you. Uh, for those of us who looked at the newsletter, it says that Steve Ford he is speaking today, uh, unfortunately, He's not available. He's not feeling well. Also, the children are not feeling well this morning. So let's let us continue to pray for them. Of course, there are also quite a number of people in our church who are not feeling well today. Um, The people that are sick at home, uh, the people that have been isolated by the floods. So please let us continue to pray for them. Father, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for Steve and his family this morning. We pray, God, especially for those young boys, Father, we want to lift them in your hands this morning. Lord, we pray for your healing in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. And there are so many other people today that are not here because of sickness. There are many other people that are not here because of the flood waters. Today, God, I want to pray that whatever they are they are, whether they're feeling lonely or isolated, oh God, I pray, God, that may you stretch out your hand and touch them in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. Lord, we pray during this season that you comfort, your love for us to continue, Lord, and I pray as a church, as a family, we are going to reach out to those people and encourage them and lift them up, oh God. We continue to pray for our town and other towns that have been flooded by waters, we pray. I know there are people talking about diseases and dirty waters, but why we weren't believe believing you, Father, that nobody will be sick because of this water? We've seen mosquitoes around. We pray that God you cover us even against this Moses. In the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. Lord, as I share your word this morning, I pray for your anointing and worship and leadership. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So today, I want to talk to us about storms. I know we've been, talking about, uh, we've been talking about our core values, but today I want to break that and just share with us about storms. It's always hard. It's always hard to find calm in the midst of storms. And many of us, including me, when the text messages came through my phone, that ever quit, moved to the highest ground in Quran. And I was asking my wife here, is there a highest place in Quran that you can hide? <laughs> Where is the highest place in Kerang you can hide? (laughs) And the Lord reminded me, the highest place is only me, God. (laughs) Unless you run to me, Kerang, you cannot hide anywhere. Because if you look at those photos, you can see that it was just a matter of time. Just a little bit rain and everything will be covered in water. So God is faithful. God is faithful. Because I grew up in a place where we we can never, because of the hills and and ups and uh, our place can never flood. So when I came to Karang and I saw that Kerang there's there, there's a there are hills in Karang, I was shocked that there's a high ground in Karang. <laughs> because. She knows my place is is, is different. There are hills, there are mountains, there are rivers, everything is there. Um, But for most of us, storm, I was talking to a lady and she told me that they have experienced flood in 1955 and they have experienced floods in 2011. And this feels like one of them. So it's not a big deal, and which which encouraged me, by the way, it, it really, really encouraged me. But I want to tell you today that we have floods that are not familiar. There are floods that are familiar. There are floods that are not familiar. Just, just on Thursday night. I received a text from my brother. A text. My brother sent me a text telling me that his brother in law, a brother to his wife, just committed suicide. He's been looking for a job. He's married. He has three kids. He's been looking for work for a while. He hasn't gotten work. He got stuck. He got frustrated. He took a rope and hanged himself. That was Thursday. What I'm saying today, that there are storms that come that are not familiar. You know, sometimes familiar storms, you can become because you understand, you know. Because 2011, you are there, and we measured it came to here. 1955, it was here. But there are certain storms that they're not familiar to you and I. They'd be familiar to God, but to you and I, they're not familiar. And we had the disciples who were fishermen. They had spent most of their life in water. They had experienced storms. But this particular storm was not familiar to them. I'm sure they were patient. They tried to persevere. They tried to pretend that we are used to storms, but this one was just different storm. They had to wake up Jesus who was sleeping in the boat. Sometime back before we moved to Australia, I used to work with another lady a friend of mine, she was a born-again Christian. And she was engaged and she was planning to get married. And just a few weeks before her wedding, the boyfriend pulled off and canceled the wedding. She had prepared everything. She had invited people. They had made payments. And the boyfriend pulled out. After two years, she got in another relationship. She got a nice young man, and she was looking forward for the wedding. And they had a beautiful church wedding. Many people were there. And two days when while on honeymoon, the new husband. Drowned in the swimming pool. This is a true story. This is somebody I've worked with. I know her personally. So everybody was ringing to congratulate her. And after the wedding, and she couldn't even talk. I remember ringing her to say, Well done, congratulations on your honeymoon. And she couldn't even talk to me. She couldn't even tell me what had happened. That is how painful it was. And I was asking myself, what did you tell somebody? Even as a pastor, how do you talk to somebody? Or what did you tell somebody that has just gone through so much pain? They've gotten married the second day on the honeymoon. The husband, just like that, disappears. Each one of us has a story of the storm that you carry. It's very easy to talk about the familiar storm that you can go in calm, but I want to remind you that there are storms that are not familiar. When you wake up in the morning and you go and see your doctor for an appointment and you get the appointment and the doctor shocks you with a report that you are not expecting, If if you brought your bible I would like us to look together at these scriptures Mark chapter 4 verse 35 to 41 that finding calm in the midst of storm Mark chapter 4:35 to 41 I'm going to read from verse 35 The Bible says that that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Now a furious crow came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swarmed. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. We all face various storms during our Christian life, like I've said before. Your storm or your story may be different from mine. And, and sometimes you get this job that is so good, it's beautiful. Your dream job and your boss becomes the storm. Every time you walk from home and walk to this office, your boss is a storm in that office. I've seen young people excited about marriage, like this lady. And you walk into this marriage, you've given up, you've given it everything. And marriage itself becomes a disaster or a storm. Or the other party in the, in the marriage becomes a storm for you. That every time you walk home, you pray before you leave work to go back home. Because the man that you thought was the loving, the caring, the dream for you has become the storm in your journey. I've seen parents. You get young people, caring children, beautiful, angels. And then they grow up, they become storms in the family. You don't want them to identify with you because they become storms for you. And we can talk about different storms in this place today. But my question today, I want us to think about that how do you remain calm during some of these challenges? How do you travel through this journey? With a lot of pain, hurt. We all face impossibilities in one way or another. Storms can be circumstances beyond our control. The storms in the gospel of Mark 435 to 41 resonates the storms most of us face every day. No one causes the storms. Storms are part of life. And sometimes after you've just had a breakthrough, storms come in. You know, sometime when you had your best time your best celebration, your best mile, when you're just walking back, the storm hit. And sometime, when you're about to enter into your best life, your best environment, your best of things, the storm comes. I was looking at the book of 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19, it talks about Elijah had just challenged and defeated 450 false prophets of Baal, as well as confronted Ahab, king of Israel himself. Elijah defeated them in in a whose god, whose god is a real god contest, and killed those false prophets. Evidently, Jezebel, Ahab's wife, was not present at Mount Carmel to witness this battle. So Ahab told her what transpired on that mountain. And just one threat from her sent Elijah running for his life. You've been on the mountain, you've been praying, you've seen fire come from heaven and swallow this animal and, and, and bring victory. You've killed 450 false prophets. Sorry. A threat from just one lady. Send this by. Sends Elijah into hiding. And these are the ones I'm calling unfamiliar storms. This was a man full of faith, power. He saw the face of God. He talked to God. He experienced the fire of God coming from heaven and, and, and taking care of the meat. But Jezebel, one threat, makes this guy run. Other times, storm calm when you've You are heading for a breakthrough. In Acts 8, we see Apostle Paul heading for a great ministry in Rome. And while on Malta Island, Paul figured that he would help in the gathering of the firewood only to be bitten by a poisonous snake. He simply shook it off into the fire and went about his business. The islanders expected him to die, but God had other plans. When he didn't die, the locals considered him to be a god. How many of us can be like Paul? That in the midst of your storm, Paul was calm. Paul found peace. If you want to see war in my house, bring in a snake. <laughs> I don't think anybody can sleep until that snake is out in our house. And I'm looking at Paul. It's the most trying time. You're on a ship. The sheep broke down. It's been raining. People are angry. You're facing prosecution. And this poisonous snake just walks on your arm and it just does like this, it shakes it off to the fire. How do people remain calm in those kind of storms? How? And today, as we discuss how. I want to share with you briefly something I've learned from this story. In Mark chapter 4. Because my question today is how would we remain calm in the midst of storms? Because when storms come, they leave us shaken, devastated, overwhelmed, isolated, lonely. And in this story, you can see clearly that Peter and his friends were clearly shaken. And one of the things I would like us to think about today, and I would like you to carry home, is that we can rain come amidst storms when we understand that Jesus is journeying with us. You know, the power of his presence. Most of us have accepted Jesus alone, but cannot understand how the power of his presence works in our journey. And remind us today that if you have invited Jesus in your life, you've dedicated your life to Jesus. You're calling Jesus Lord of your life. You believe that he, Christ, is in you. His presence is with you. I want to remind us today that if you ever forget that God is with you, remember the commitment that you've committed to him. Remember that his presence is always with you if you've committed your life to him. But I think many times when storms come, the last thing you want to think about is God is with you. You feel isolated. You feel lonely. You feel even the friends that you cared for you that have refused or rejected you. And many times when you feel isolated and lonely, it's during such a times that your problems become bigger than God because you feel you're carrying the burden alone. Remember, the devil has a way of amplifying the problems. I've seen people run away from church because they felt nobody cared for them. I've seen people run away from God because they felt that God did not care. I've seen people refuse to honor God. I've seen people refuse to live for God because they feel that God is either away from them, don't God did not care at all, All God has refused or rejected them. I want to remind us today that nobody invites a storm. Nobody makes storms. The devil can tell you that the storm was because of you. Maybe you made a choice that did not work for you. The devil tells you that storm, you created it. None of us can create the storm. None of us can create the storm. The storms are part of life. But sometimes the storms help us to see where we are at with God. Because the times when the storm comes, you feel, you can feel his presence if you really really think that he's with you. Or you can feel lonely and isolated. But sometimes the storms can make you stronger. It should remain calm. I always think about someone like David. You know, for everybody thought that Goliath was the man to kill David. Goliath was his storm. But David knew that there were other storms bigger than Goliath that he dealt with. But he knew that it's not about his strength. He knew that the presence that is in me, that the man, the person I carry in me, the power that lives in me, the presence that lives in me is bigger than Goliath. So David never shied away from Goliath. He ran to him and he said, the man I serve, the God I serve will deal with you. And want to pray that may all of us come to a place that when challenges come, when storms come in your way, that you'll not focus on the storm, you'll focus on the one that lives in you. Because the one that lives in you and I is bigger than the one that lives in the world. Moses, knowing the power of the presence of God, did not want to accept any substitute. The Bible says, then Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. In other words, if your presence does not go with me, Lord, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave this place. I want to pray and I want to believe that in your journey, in your planning, that if you're planning without the presence of God, go back and ask him and tell him, God, I was planning to do this, but because I don't want to go without your presence, I'm not going at all. That I knew you wanted me to do this, yes. I know you spoke to me to do this. I know you invited me to do this. But I want to know, I want to be assured that your presence, because right now I'm feeling like I'm alone. I want your presence to come with me. I want your presence to help me to be able to achieve this. I mean, it's not hard to question God. Moses did it. Moses said, I know you've called us to go. I know you've sent us. But if your presence is not coming with us, God, we are not leaving. We are not going. Because Moses knew the power of the presence of God in our lives, in our journey, in everything we do. David said that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is man that was facing war. David was facing battle. David was facing death. But David knew the power of the presence of God in his life. He says, even though I walk in this valley in the shadow of death, I know that your presence is with me. And that presence helped David to fight on and to get the victory. My question today, do you understand the power of God's presence in your life? Because this can be tested when storms are shaking your boat. If you're not sure, when the storm comes, and I'm not saying that you come because sometimes it comes without inviting because we don't create storms. And when it comes, the shaking will happen. The boat will shake. Will your presence stand the time? With his presence, sorry, stand the time. The power of his presence can, can also be your visit to, the sick, to that sick patient in hospital or that phone call you make to a lonely friend or a hurting family. I want to invite us friends. This is a tough season for many people. This is a tough season. But you can be that presence to somebody by just making that phone call. And many of us, I know you've been out there, you've been speaking, you've been reaching out to people, but just make that, forward. send a text message to somebody. Tell them, you know, God loves you. Even the challenges you're facing, I know the presence of God is guiding you. If you're able to visit, visit that person. You could be the only presence of, of God that he can see on that particular day when they are feeling they're going to give up. The second thing I want us to carry today is that we can remain calm amid storms when we identify the enemy. Verse 39 says, He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. You know, we live in a society where we assumed everything is okay. But today I want to remind us the devil is still alive. The devil has not been thrown through the, the bottomless pit or whatever he, the, the, his destiny. He's still alive out there. The devil is still at work. And sometime I look at the boat in the water and I look at the world in the water. I mean, I, mean, I look at the world in the, the church in the world. If you think about the boat, think about the church in the world. The boat is in shake waters. Jesus would have chosen to remove the boat out of the water. But Jesus chose to leave the boat in the water. Why? Because we are living in the world. The church is in the world. The world is going to shake the boat. But Christ wants us to remain calm. Christ wants us to hold on our faith. Knowing that his presence is still alive in us. That the power that is given us is still alive in us. <clears throat> but we need to identify the storm. I was looking at the story just after Jesus finished with the, the storm. You look at the story on the other side where he was going. And Jesus is healing a demon-possessed person. And Jesus is asking this guy, what's your name? And he's saying, my name is Legends. You know, Jesus is keen to identify the person he's dealing with. And sometimes we just generalize everything, you know. But sometimes I say, you know what? Your storm may not be the same as mine. And the storms may come in different forms. But it's always good to know the battle you're facing. It's very important. Most of the disciples like Peter were fishermen, which means that they were familiar with storms while fishing. But this one was unknown to them. They were unable to identify this one. They could not. But Jesus knew who he was dealing with. Jesus knew. The last thing I would like to share with us is we can remain calm amidst storms when you have the end in mind. When you know what you are. When you know what you are or where you're going from, where you're going to, you're able to understand that the challenges you're facing, the storms you're facing, are only temporary. When you have the end in mind, and you know where you're going, you know where you're traveling, you know your focus, you know your goal, the storms that are happening here, They're not shaking you. They're scary. But they're not stopping you. Because I'm saying this because I know that many of us, that if you're in that boat, you'd have asked to go back where you came from. I myself included, maybe, I'd have said I'm not ready to go with this boat. I don't trust it. I don't trust this boat. I remember during COVID, many times, the train, they had to cancel some of the trains because people did not want to travel in the train because they never trusted the train. Even some buses. People opted for the personal cars because you trust your personal car. You don't want to be in a boat that is being shaken by water. You'd rather go back <clears throat> But if you know where you are going and you know why you are going there, the storm will not stop you. The storm will not pull you back because you know where you are going. Jesus knew why he wanted to be on the other side of the sea. Because a demon-possessed man was healed on the other, and other people were able to see the work of Jesus and put their trust in him. Storm should not deter you from fighting for your job. Storms should not deter you from fighting for your family. Storms should not deter you from enjoying your relationship with Jesus Christ. Storms should not deter you from protecting your, your children. I want to encourage somebody today that is facing storm because I don't, I'm not sure which kind of storm you're facing today because they never, never deterred Jesus to fulfill his purpose. And I want to challenge us today that even as we go through this life and the storms are happening and things are happening, the challenges are there, that these things do not deter us from fulfilling the purpose, crossing to the other side to to fulfill the things that we want to fulfill. As I finish I want to say that most of these disciples were fishermen, as I said before. And they made their living off the water by catching fish. They are bound to have come across storms now and then. But this one was a major one that the disciples were afraid for their lives. I want you to think about your life as a Christian, as a fisherman. Maybe as a parent, maybe as a worker, I want to remind you that the fact that you've been in that job so long, the fact that you've been that marriage so long, the fact that you've been in this world for so long, the fact that you've been praying so much, it doesn't mean that you'll overcome every storm that will come your way. These guys were fishermen, most of them. They knew how to run around the waters are so used to storms. But this storm was not the same. So sometimes as a Christian, you assume, you know, I'm a prayer warrior. I've been a Christian for so long. You know, I've been in this for so long. I want to tell you that when the shaking happens, it's for everybody. It doesn't matter because God is the only one who can overcome this and his presence. And that's why I'm saying that If we believe that we have his presence, we can use his presence to overcome the challenges, to overcome the storms, to overcome the difficulties, to journey with him in the things we are doing. doing. In the moment of the storm, the disciples should have realized that Jesus had power in many other situations, giving them more faith in God's provision in the circumstances but they still panicked. And I pray today that as I finish, that whatever storm that you're facing in your journey, I talked about my family. My sister-in-law today, they're thinking about burying a young man, they're leaving three children. They've never had somebody in their family commit suicide. This is the first storm of that kind of nature they've seen. They've never experienced somebody committing suicide in their family. And this has happened to them. And sometimes things come that you've never experienced before that can pull you away from your journey of salvation, that can pull you away from your goal, that can pull you away from your focus. The disciples responded, probably like we would have in our limited human minds we don 't see the we don 't see past the moment all disciples saw at that time moment were looming waves that threatened to take away their future. My prayer that today let us move our focus beyond the waves and focus on the other side. I pray that we 've We'll shift our focus from the storm and pull it to where God wants us to be as a church. For your family, focus on where God wants your family to be. For those of us, maybe it's a storm at a place of work. Switch your storm, your eyes from the storm, and focus on what you want to achieve in your journey. Maybe somebody is feeling discouraged today. You're feeling that there's a, a storm that has been hindering you, deterring you from moving forward. I want to encourage today and I want to pray that today your eyes will focus on that goal. Your eyes will focus on where you want to be. Your eyes will focus on the big prize that you want to achieve. I like what Paul is talking in Philippians, Apostle Paul. Paul is saying forgetting what is behind and stretching forward to something that the prize that is ahead of me. And for Jesus, his focus on the other was on the other side because he knew why he wanted to be on the other side. Let me invite the worship team to come back and I want us to stand up. If you can just on your feet, if you're able to stand up this morning as we finish. Because I want to pray for you this morning that during this season, as we go through the floods of water, this is our storm at this particular time. But for some of us, it will be something different. I want to pray that God will open up your eyes to see his presence in your journey. Because he's been walking with you through this valley. He's been walking through with you this, through this journey. Even though there have been challenges, even though there have been death threats in this valley, that God's presence has been lifting you up and walking you with you. And my prayer today that as you go through this valley that God will journey with you through this and help you to identify these storms and see them and see where they're coming from. But I think for me the most important thing is that he'll move your eyes and my eyes from that storm and help us to focus on where he wants us to be, whether it's eternal life or your goal in life or career. Or a relationship that where God wants you to go. I want to pray that God will help you to go there. (coughs) Dear Father, I thank you this morning. And today, Lord, I pray for your people. There are many of us here today. That we are facing storms. It could be a storm that you are given by the doctor. That you will not live for another five years. It could be a storm. That your crops have been affected, your animals. It could be a storm in your family that is happening. It could be a financial storm that you don't know where else you go to be able to pay your mortgage. It could be a storm of sleepless nights. It could be a storm where you have to spend so much money on drugs to be able to survive every evening. And I pray, God, that you help us not to focus so much on that, but to focus on you, to focus on your presence in our lives today. And I pray that as we leave this place, that as storms you not deter us from following you, because your presence is more than enough. So today, as we journey with us, Lord, I pray that may you reach out to those that are feeling isolated. May you reach out to those that are feeling lonely, May you reach out to those that are wanting you to surround them and shield them with your presence, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your love today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. As I hand over to the worship team, I just want to pray that today, maybe before you go home, and you're facing a storm that is too big, or you're feeling that this is too much for me, And I know some of the elders around and some of our prayer warriors, we are going to be here to pray with you. So please, don't be in a hurry. Stay behind. We want to pray for you. Thank you.